Lord, you have indeed led us into a time in which our feet may fail, in which the ground underneath us is very shaky and is moving constantly, and in which we are having our trust challenged. And so we pray, Lord, that as we turn to your word right now, that you would lead us to the place where our trust in you is without borders, where our trust is deepened and rooted and established and firm. And we pray it in your firm and mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning, Gold Avenue Church family. These are indeed unprecedented times that we are living in, meaning that um, there's not precedent for many of us having experienced something like this before. Some of us have lived through other quote-unquote crises, but none of us have lived through something like this before. And yet, there is precedent in God's Word for everything. And so, let's turn there and be strengthened and encouraged together. We're going to turn this morning to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. And we'll read a story that's been on my heart and mind because I've lived through a version of it uh, in the last couple of weeks. So Mark chapter 4, 35 to 31. The background is Jesus has just finished being accused by the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, misunderstood by his own family, and then he has spent an entire day teaching on the side of the Sea of Galilee, so crowded by the people that he actually got into a a boat and taught just offshore. And he's reached the end of the day now, and this is what the text tells us happens. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The word of God. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, I said that this story was um, close to my heart and my mind because many of you uh, know that I just came back from spending some time in Israel. And in fact, the portion of our trip that was canceled was all... Uh, of the time that we were going to spend in the south of Israel around Jerusalem, the portion that actually we got to participate in was northern Israel, and we stayed on the side of the Sea of Galilee in exactly this region that Jesus traveled to on this boat ride. And I want to tell you that when we arrived there, I thought to myself, boy, 
this is a lot smaller of a sea or a body of water than I expected it to be. How on earth could it be that there was such a furious squall or storm on this sea that it could actually have threatened to capsize a boat? I mean, I looked at this sea and I thought somebody could swim across this in a couple hours. Like, it's really not that big. Well, a few days later, I found out just how wrong I was in that assumption that I made. We were scheduled to take to actually cross the sea from one point to another on a boat ride so that we'd have a little bit of uh, something of the experience that Jesus' disciples had. And little did we realize how close we were going to get to a bit of a real experience in that uh, the closer and closer we got to the boat ride, our guide kept saying, you need to move it up, you need to move it up, there's weather coming, there's weather coming. And so finally we canceled one of our activities, went down to the boat and got on it as a storm was hitting the lake and friends the storm uh, was not a furious squall but it was enough that it made the boat operators so nervous that they would not take the boat more than a few hundred yards from shore so that we could still see the shore and they went parallel to the shore rather than out into the lake where we could lose sight of the shore and even in this non-furious squall, um, it became hard to see around us, and the boat began to pitch and a rock, and there were no waves that were capsizing over us, but we were still nervous. And I found myself all of a sudden empathizing with these disciples and thinking about, wow, what would it have been like to be out here in the complete dark, totally cut off from land, totally losing your sense of bearings and where is the land and then to have this this not only the sense of disorientation but the text says a a a mighty wind a furious squall so you'd imagine it's so loud that they can probably barely hear each other yelling from one end of the boat to the other it's that big of a storm And the waves are actually so big that they're not just crashing on the shore, but they're actually crashing out in the open waters over the boat. I try to put myself in their shoes and think about, what is it like to be on this boat in the middle of the dark, and it's super loud, and water's actually crashing over the boat? This probably means that the waves are so strong that I can't tell which direction the boat's going to go next. Like the waves lift us up and crash us down. And I'm thinking, these disciples are afraid for their lives. I mean, we're on a, we're on a boat where that's not even uh, getting near, near this stormy and I'm nervous and the boat operators are nervous. These guys are in the middle of the dark with the boat going up and down and water crashing over it. I mean, this is a situation of fear, one of powerlessness, one of all of a sudden being out of control. And this, friends, reminds me of exactly what so many around us and even among us are experiencing right now as this furious squall of coronavirus has been kind of whipped up around us and it seems like the ground is just shifting underneath us with every new gust of wind one of us is asked to adjust to a new reality in in which um, none of us are being unaffected by these winds so i think about the way in which some of us have 
lost the ability to have regular touch points of in-person connection and encouragement with others that we just so desperately need. I think about the way in which some in our congregation have already lost jobs. Some have lost not their job, but many of their hours or much of their income. A number of us don't know where our next month's rent or our mortgage payments or other bill payments are going to come from. Some of us are wondering, how long will we keep our jobs? Will our companies or our ministries still have funding? And how long is this going to go on? And how long will they be able to sustain? And will we have employment? Will we have a source of income? Many of us have lost the uh, academic school year that we were a part of and all the things that came with it. So some some of us lost sports seasons that we were really looking forward to playing in and the friendships that came with that and the camaraderie. And some of us have lost ballet classes and dance performances. Some of us have watched our retirement savings drop by 30% in a couple weeks and we're wondering, what does this mean for us? What does it mean for the rest of our retirement? What does it mean for when we might be able to retire? Some of us are watching friends or family members struggle deeply and we'd really like to be with them right now, but we can't. And that's so hard. Some of us are adjusting to the reality of being homeschooling parents and trying to work from home when we never imagined that'd be something that we do. Some of us, especially the young mothers among us, have had all of their regular rhythms, including weekly visits with others, just kind of yanked out from underneath us, and we're trying to adapt to to parenting when our young children don't understand why things are different. All of us are in uncharted territory, We've got unsteady ground beneath our feet and we're being asked to continually adapt with each new wave. So this COVID-19 squall seemed to get whipped up really suddenly and first we were told, don't gather in groups larger than 100. But then the next wave came and it was, don't gather in groups larger than 50. And then it was, don't gather in groups larger than 10. And then our schools were closing And then our businesses were starting to wind down and shutter their doors. And then it was not just social distancing, but social isolation. Stay at home. First it was through April 13th. Now, we don't know. Our presidents just said we should extend social distancing. And at least at the time of me preaching this to you, we don't know what our governor's going to say in terms of going beyond the 13th. And so this has just got all of us living like we're feeling a little bit out of control, maybe afraid. Perhaps some of us are spending significant time kind of letting our minds wander down sort of what-if rabbit trails. Well, if that happens then what about this? And if that goes away, then what about this? What do we do when we live with such uncertain ground underneath our feet? 
What do we do in a time like this? The disciples go to Jesus and they wake him and they say to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And I'm struck by this. The disciples challenge the very nature and the character of God. Don't you care? And notice that Jesus doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't get offended. He doesn't get angry at them. He doesn't say, how can you ask me this? He simply gets up, turns, faces that storm that's whipping up so much fear and anxiety, and he rebukes the storm. And he says, be still. And all is quiet. And the disciples are left to wonder and to worship. And in the silence, Jesus asks them the most astonishing question. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Friends, I listen to that question and all of my compassion goes out to these disciples here. I think to myself, Really, Jesus? Who wouldn't be afraid? Which of us, if we were in that situation, wouldn't be afraid? I know I would. And yet Jesus fully expects them to be confident, courageous, unafraid in the face of a storm that threatens to drown them. How can this be? How can this be? Well, I think it's helpful in answering that question to step back and to notice first that this whole story is a portrait of the gospel. It is a picture of the way in which God comes into our chaos, into the, the way in which our sin-stained lives have been whipped up into turmoil, into chaos, and in which we are very really threatened to drown, and in fact would and do drown underneath the, the um, effects of our sin and the disorder that is brought into our hearts and our lives and this world through our rebellion. And God comes and he embodies in Jesus peace. And he speaks peace. And he makes peace. And he brings peace. He brings reconciliation with the Father. He stills the storm. And the Apostle Paul reminds us in Romans 8.32, he says, He who did not spare his own son, how will he not also 
along with him, graciously give us all things. So does he care? Does Jesus care? Does the Father care? Of course he cares. He's here. He's in the world. He's in the storm. He's coming. He's present. He's with them all because he cares for them and for us so much so that he's going to still the deepest storm at the cost of his own blood and his own life. And so if he cares that much, says Paul, how will he not also, along with him, that is the gift of Jesus, graciously give us everything that we need to be sustained through every storm that we experience in this life. He cares and he knows. He knows exactly what we're dealing with. Nothing surprises him. And so he's not surprised, even though Nick Vanderplug is finding himself having to spend significantly more time in West Africa than he thought he was going to have to spend. The Lord knows and he cares and he's with him. He cares even though Pastor Jalisa and Brendan are having to part ways in the middle of this storm. The Lord knew. He knew that this would be the week that she would have to say goodbye and he would have to say goodbye and they'd not know when they're going to be back together again and when she might be able to travel to visit. He knows and he cares. And in the same way that he knows about Nick and he knows about Pastor Jalisa and Brenda and he knows what each and every one of us is facing. He knows what the unique waves and wind are that are getting whipped up underneath us and around us and it's making it maybe hard for us to hear him. That it's making it hard for us to feel like our feet are on steady ground. He knows and he cares and he gives to each one of us and this is why he expects us to have confidence and courage and no fear. He gives to each one of us the same spirit that is in him. The spirit of sonship that brings rest, that brings peace as we trust in him. You might remember us sharing as we walked through the Gospel of Luke a number of years ago that when a rabbi either called or allowed someone to follow them, they were making this statement, I believe that you have the ability to become an exact replica of me. When Jesus invited each of these disciples to follow him, when he called each one of us to follow him, he gave us his spirit. And in so doing, makes the statement to us, you have the same father that I do. You can live with the same trust, the same assurance as I do. 
You can have the same response to every storm that gets whipped up underneath you and around you that I do. And so, friends, this storm, this season, is a time where the Lord Jesus is taking each one of us and wanting to take each one of us deeper into the confessions and the professions that we have made with our lips, perhaps for a short time, but perhaps for a lifetime. Many of us have spoken the words of the Catechism where we've asked and answered, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And we've said, my only comfort comes from the fact that I am, I belong, body and soul, in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. The Lord is deepening that comfort as we walk it out. Many of us have spoken the words of the psalm saying, that says, I lift my eyes up. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And now we're learning to speak and to pray those words in the middle of a storm with deeper assurance, with a deeper realization. My help is not ultimately from the government My help is not ultimately from the church even. My help is not ultimately from anyone other than the creator of heaven and earth. He supplies all my needs in proportion to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And friends, the Lord is taking us deeper into the peace that is in him, the trust in the Father's love and his good provision that is in him so that we can be conduits of his peace in this time. So that we can be those who step forward in the same authority as our Lord Jesus and speak to the storms around us and say, Quiet! Be still! And I'm not talking about speaking to coronavirus. That's not the true storm. The storm is the way in which the kingdom of darkness and all the powers and principalities of darkness are trying to work through the fear to bring control. And they really do try to wrap themselves around the hearts and the minds of every believer and every person. And the Lord would have us recognize their effects And speak to them and say, no, not here, not on this ground. I am the Lord's. I belong to the Lord. He is mine and he cares for me. He provides for me. There is a certainty in Jesus Christ that we can have that provides such deep, Rest and assurance that, like Jesus, we can sleep in the middle of the storm. We can have such a peace that our lives belong to our Father in heaven. That we can rest. That we don't have to solve it. We don't have to figure it out. We just can rest in the Lord.
And so, friends, let's go to the Lord right now. Let's take our cares, our concerns, let's lift our souls up to Him and thank Him for His peace, for His sovereign control, for His care, and that His eye is on each of us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your unfailing love, for your unfailing care and kindness, and that those things extend to every aspect of our lives. You do have the whole world in your hands, and you've got our whole lives in your hands. You see us. You see what we're struggling with. You see what's uncertain and shaky underneath us. You see where we need peace. You see everything, and you are right with us. You're right with me, with each one of us in the middle of this storm. And so, Lord, we lift our hearts up to you, and we pray, fill them with assurance. Fill us, Lord, and root us in the knowledge of your presence with us and your unfailing care and concern for each one who is yours. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, as we transition to our song of response, I want to state one more thing, and that is that if in listening to this sermon you realized and you were you were able to say to yourself, you know what, I do feel or I did feel like I was going to capsize or I, I felt like I'm kind of drowning in this situation, I want to encourage that you would reach out. Reach out to Pastor Jalisa, reach out to the care elders, reach out to each other and let's minister to each other and strengthen each other in the Lord.